the Scoobola Cast. Listen up, normies. It's time to talk some shit. This is the Scoobola Cast, where we talk holy shit about what it means to follow Jesus in the sacred chaos of the 21st century. My name is Benjo. I'm a 20-something anarcho-whatever pastor committed to creating safe spaces for figuring out faith, doing the work, and getting up to holy mischief wherever and whenever we need to. So for the next chunk of time, I'm just a talking head on a podcast, and you're listening to this for some reason, so good luck to you. Let's get into it. White Jesus to prop the empire yeah. up. Bought the binary. You rendered under Caesar. All cause your cathedrals needed more cedar. You sold another neighbor. Was seated at the table. All for the major goal to hold the scrolls in your favor. Share gospel with the slaves. With precision of arrows. With a 632. I'm your host, Scuba Paul, a.k.a. Benjo Razan, aka aka the guys in crisscross applesauce sipping on some coffee. Um, this is kind of like a a little taster of Advent. Um, it's a little late. Advent's already kicked off, but you know, I am not a slave to my work. So I have recorded some episodes. This is just me, the first one. It, it isn't even the first episode of Advent. It just, my hope is that it would get us thinking about the ways in which Advent theology could be rethought for Christians who are maybe like me, committed socialists and communists, or are at least commie curious. Um, starting with the first Sunday of Advent, I'm from this point on, I'm going to pick one of the lectionary texts to engage with each week. Um, But first, in this episode, there are some more traditional assumptions and tendencies um, of popular Advent theological takes that I thought we could kind of mess with and flip on their head. Um, And then at the end of every episode, um, I'm just going to do another kind of less about the Scubula postings deal and do more of like a devotional. Um, It's a thing that's going to be at the end, so you can skip it. but I'm going to be pairing artwork and poetry with the thing. So if that's something you give a fuck about, you can stick around for it. Um, But yeah, so despite Advent being a largely passive, abstract, and inconsequential season for most Christians today, right? Most of us just go to Christmas and we forget about Advent. um, I think Advent could be engaged in a way that really would demand of followers of Christ to give their life to material and historical emancipatory struggles for liberation. Because I think like the, the Advent text is the Magnificat where Mary um, sings a song that Jesus would cast down the mighty um, and lift the lowly and fill the bellies of the hungry and send the rich away empty handed. Um, so, you know, I, that's incredibly material and historical emancipatory struggle vibes right? So I think that Christian faith, when taken seriously, is not like moral, it's not like a therapeutic faith per se, right? I think Christian faith is actually an incredibly heavy burden. You know, there's a cross that calls us, that God calls us to bear in this burden, this commitment to solidarity and struggling, not only for emancipation from this world, but the realization of an alternative one. You might this, you might call the process of that emancipation, salvation, right? Which is rooted in the Exodus story. This burden demands of us, of our lives, not just our intellect, not a section of our library, 
or a portion of our social media posts. And so in this prelude, I want, to I want us to rethink Advent in a way that takes seriously the call to pick up our cross, disrupt the material relationships and ideas of this world, and build something radically more life-affirming shall we say. As a future-oriented season of anticipation, Advent is also a season of awakening, right? It's a time of the Christian tradition in which we are reminded by God, the scriptures, um, uh, by the scriptures, by humans, these historical witnesses to the spirit of liberation, that this reality is not the end. What we see right now is not the end. God has not abandoned the world, and neither should we. The world could only be made better, but it must be remade, recreated, and rebuilt. Advent is an important season where we can intentionally reflect upon what kind of world God um, and we actually want to make. We'll see, in, we'll see this in some of the scriptures the lectionary is going to give us. And out of our anticipation of what could come about, about our anticipation of a future world we actually would want to live in, we can turn to the present and begin to identify things about this world that have, uh, that have to change. For example, lots of Christians might imagine a world without poverty, um, anti-blackness, or a global gender division of labor. But Advent is the season when we should consider what exactly has to change in order for those things to come about, um, for those things to be abolished. There are unnecessary class, social, and political hierarchies, particular ways of being organized at work and in the community at the roots of this world that must be disrupted. And Advent should be a time that helps us to interrogate the particular structures and relationships, as well as the ideas and values that powerfully shape and order this world as we anticipate and imagine a more emancipated humanity, perhaps a world without exploitation, unmet needs, and what W.E.B. Du Bois, Dubois, um, referred to as the color line. We also must mean the specific systems or ideologies that need to be destroyed. We need to know what they are. How can we speak of universal freedom if people are divided into classes, into those who own the forces of production in the means of survival and those who do not possess those things, those who govern the labor of others and those who are excluded from democratically determining their life and their work? How can we anticipate a new way of being human together when the kind of labor that a person will perform and the length of life that a person is likely to live is largely shaped by the color of their skin and their genitals? Advent compels us to take seriously how the established order is organized and what divisions of power must be toppled for a wholly other world to emerge within it. Again, the point here I'm wanting to make is that while Advent reminds us that God has not abandoned us and this is not the end, it should also compel us to ask what specifically has to change in our personal lives, in our communities, at our places of work across this entire world if a new world is to come about. Something else to consider regarding the season is uh, in Advent, I believe, would be the most transformative, would be most transformative if our anticipation was grounded in collective and personal praxis. And by that, I mean, I, Advent should be a season of participation in real material struggles. Of course, preparation and anticipation requires the turning of our hearts and minds, right? And the transformation of our, uh, our desires and our wants, and the radicalization of our political and spiritual consciousness, but our being reshaped should not be confined to our beliefs and analyses and analyses and desires. Advent will be most transformative for those who prepare and anticipate in real historical struggles, right? In actual organized efforts. 
yeah, we have to think critically about where we want to go and how we actually get there. But if we're not anticipating, or we might say collectively struggling in communities that are organizing for change and building for power, it doesn't matter what alternative world you're praying about. Our anticipation will sorely lack grounded experience and will likely end up fruitless in the face of systems that are really good at reproducing themselves. If we want ourselves and our fellow members of the body of Christ to be transformed in the season of Advent, we should consider how anticipation without praxis, preparation without being concretely grounded in communal struggles and people's movements, will most likely fail to be actually transformative, both for the individual persons and for the community. Which isn't that the point? Another way of thinking about this is to say that there are Christian idealists and Christian materialists. Christian idealists believe that the world is primarily shaped and transformed by thinking or believing right? Change people's beliefs or theory or their theology, and you can alter the world fundamentally. But Advent for Christian materialists would take seriously not only our theologies or our ways of thinking, but also our way of being in actually relating to people on the planet. Actual struggles underground, whether they be against a particular corporation, a boss, a landlord, a lender, the cops, maybe of city council, or the board of a lo local school district, right? These material and historical fights are the best way for people's consciousness, right? Their political power and their spiritual con consciousnesses in their lives to be radically transformed and renewed, which leads us to a historical participation, right? If Advent were to become material and historical, right? grounded in struggles between oppressors and the oppressed, exploiters and the exploited, our anticipation of a more democratic and liberated world would require us to take sides on real historical events. This is something like Gustavo Gutierrez in A Theology of Liberation, which we're actually going to do, um, we're going to talk about at some point, and other liberation theolog theologians have stressed again and again, it's not enough to talk about liberation in the abstract, but not choose sides during historical events. That's called neutrality, and it structurally sides with the empowered and enabled against the disempowered and constricted, while liberalism wants us to believe, not unlike Pilate, that if we refuse to verbally support either side of the conflict our hand, and wash our hands, um, you know, be washed pure and clean, refusing to take a stand in historical conflicts and events means you passively opt for the side that is currently in power. In contrast, our Advent theology should demand that Christians take sides, that we opt for one side in the struggle for freedom against those who wish to prevent it even further. For most Christians today, theology around Advent is often articulated as a season of progress, unity, and peace. And this is our next point. What if instead of participating in a perfecting, progressing, or completing of this world Advent, we prioritize the rupturing of certain systems and the destruction of unnecessarily violent relations so that another world could actually be built. Just to offer one example, assuming we would want a world after capitalism, a world without exploitation and genuinely covering by the masses of people for the masses of people, as opposed to a world um, for ruling classes or dominant capitalist nations, then we have to take seriously what is going to what it's going to take to get beyond capitalism, into socialism. Of course, we're all familiar with the popular desire to simply want to escape capitalism, right? For basic reasons that we talk often about on the show, that it's not going to happen. But the tendency that I think may be even a greater barrier is the stream of socialism creeping in that suggests we can own, that we can non-violently electorally build our way out of capitalism. 
That is, if we just defer some institutions and find other institutions, we can over time gradually transition out of capitalism into socialism. But a Marxist theory of the state, a brief history lesson in the organic decolonial analysis of colonized people can show us that there is no gradual building our way out of capitalism. Instead, what if we were to say that rebuilding means to be accompanied by, de by destruction? Reform needs uh, accompanied by eventual ruptures and revolutions. Advent invites us to participate in the realization of the coming kingdom of God in a more beloved community. Not by placing our hope in the gradual reforming of certain structures or the unifying of people under systems of exploitation and oppression, but by the smashing toppling, even traumatization of the status quo. Like, when, like uh, Mary says, cast down the mighty and send the rich away. Advent for committed socialists and communists could be a season where Christians ultimately anticipate not wholeness, oneness, or the reform work we may be doing in the now, but a future fundamental rupture of our current order of things. Something else we might want to consider is that while utopias play an important role in both helping us imagine better worlds and identifying the specific things we want to change in the present about the one we're living in, as we've already discussed, any future world that is realized will lack, um, will be incomplete, will be unfulfilling, and will fail. There is no such thing as a perfectly unified world one that is without contradictions and conflict. Neither the kingdom of God nor Marx's higher phase of uh, communism, in my mind, are static states of being that are absolutely or permanently realized and achieved. If communism is a world without alienation and exploitation, a world without contradicting classes, borders, states, and money, a world where everyone collectively puts in what they can on the production side and only takes what they need out of love and solidarity, then I think as a communist, it is important to say that this is not actually realizable, right? There is no such thing as an end to contradiction itself. That would be the end of existence. And this same needs to be said of the kingdom, right? Or the realm of God, that Christians understand to be not yet and to come. And yet, uh, these horizons, these futures, future-oriented visions of well-being can help us identify what is wrong with our world and can urge us to fight for the transformation of things we know can truly be changed. Personally, I think it's okay to imagine utopian worlds as long as they serve to ground us in material struggles that seek to actually transform our world in the here and now. That's the one thing both Christianity and communism, I think, can name for people. And so, failure, incompleteness, contradiction, these things we should accept rather than fear. I think this line from Marika Rose, uh, Marika Rose is a, is a PhD in uh, political theology, uh, particularly communist theologies, Slavoj Zizek, uh, and also angelology and cyborgs and, and um, uh, artificial intelligences. Um, but uh, there's this line, she said, rather than trying to avoid failure, lack of uh, a lack and incompleteness, what if we intentionally sought the failing of some worlds over others? What don't um, we what if we committed ourselves to failing better for advent? I think this would mean deliberately anticipating the failing of some systems over others, the destruction of some political and economic structures over others. This is why I can say that while socialism doesn't promise a world without violence, an end to all antagonisms and conflicting interests, its failures and lack, I absolutely choose over the death and destruction and exploitation of capitalism. 
We might say that the future offers us a variety of failures that are riddled with contradictions that we can either passively or deliberately choose from our future ways of being in the world. Um, will be imperfect, incomplete, and unsatisfying. And yet the words of Paul Tillich come to mind when he invites us to have the courage to be while all of our future worlds will fail. What might it mean as Christians to deliberately choose, take sides and accept responsibility? We should opt for some worlds over others, some ways of being in relationship over others. And as socialists and communists, I think we should choose socialism and destroy capitalism, choose black freedom and indigenous sovereignty and destroy anti-blackness and white supremacy, choose a world without gender binary in a gender division of labor and destroy any attempt to prescribe a sexual or gender normativity, which brings me to to a final thought. Um, What is to come is not inevitable. The moral arc of the universe does not bend towards justice. Or if these words of King can serve us in any meaningful way today, they cannot mean that white liberals and ruling imperialist nations have, have taken this to mean since King's death. Advent theology should be suspicious of any progress narrative that wants to creep in. As uh, Sean Kaner noted in an interview, um, this assumption of unbelief in the inevitability of social progress primarily serves to reproduce systems like anti-blackness and can render the mass suffering and violence of capitalism either hidden, tolerable, or worse, deserved. Many, uh, Perhaps many Christians miss out on participating in the work of God because we assume that love will win, whether we commit ourselves to the work of love materially and historically or not. And so just to recap, the five main points I want us to consider for Advent Um, Here, we're number one. Advent could compel us to ask what specifically we want to change about this world. Two, Advent would have its greatest impact in lives of followers of Jesus if we grounded it materially and historically. Three, Advent could be a season of anticipating rupture rather than unity. Four, the futures that we anticipate will all fail, and that's something to be embraced as opposed to something to be avoided. And finally, five, What is to come is not inevitable. We must struggle for it. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I look forward to anticipating the rupture of this world uh, this Advent. Um, If you find this work to be meaningful, um, you can run it back and listen to the ad a couple times. Um, Right now, I'm at $2, so I made $2 from this podcast. Um, uh, I see you guys listening out there, um, and I'm just thankful that you are. Um, if you ever want to talk about any of this, um, shoot, shoot a line to, um, at Scubalo posting on Instagram, uh, share it with a friend. Happy Advent folks. And, um, again, I just want to encourage you there. Um, if there's a local organization in your town or city or community that's organizing and doing work with and for and by the people, right? Not activist work, not mobilizing work, but genuine organizing, then I encourage you all to look up those groups, reach out to them, um, or maybe you need to start it, and that's going to take some time and some preparation and some studying and some listening. But if Advent is to mean anything for us today, or if we genuinely believe in incarnation, then I hope Advent moves us to live and act in a way that actually seeks to transform our world. Um, Burn Babylon down this Advent.